of what we're going to be doing here in just a few moments. We're going to be talking about water baptism. And how many of you know that's an important thing in your discipleship, and your walk with Jesus Christ? Amen. It's an important step. But before we do that, we do want to do our declaration that we've been doing. So if you all would stand, and we're going to ask him to put it on the overhead behind us. And just say it with me, Lord, today by faith, we declare that we are walking in the manifestation season. And as your faithful remnant, we will house your very presence. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and he has delivered us from all of our troubles and fears. We are no longer victims, but we are victors in Christ. We will not be deceived by the lies of the enemy but we will give health, healing, and wholeness to the hopeless and those in despair. We will live under your anointing and see the revealed purpose of Christ in each of our lives. We declare your everlasting word on earth as it is in heaven. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you believe that tonight. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Tonight I'm going to be reading from the very, very familiar passage of Scripture uh, that we often do found in Matthew chapter 28, verses uh, 18 through 20. This is oftentimes referred to, you, you know, you've heard this preached on many times, I'm sure, referred to as the great commandment, Jesus' great commandment. And so let's read the Scripture together. You can remain seated um, tonight, but we want to read verses 18 through 20. And it says, Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Lord, tonight we ask that you would add your blessing to this word. God, let it be something that touches our hearts and blesses our hearts, Lord that we can be better stewards of your word and be better disciples for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 So again, I want you to know right up front, I'm not going to be up here long tonight because we want to move into the baptism service. But I think it's important that we do take a few moments and we discuss what it is and the importance of baptism, water baptism, and what it means, what it represents. And to start off, I simply want to say that these verses that I read to you, these are according to the book of Matthew, some of Jesus' last recorded words. And I think if it is his last recorded words, if that is what Jesus chose to talk about and encourage his disciples to do, then it is something of importance. If you agree with that, say amen. So part of what he told them is what we're talking about tonight, and in a few minutes we're actually going to put into practice that of water baptism. And Let me say this, that water baptism is an act of and it is a part of discipleship. It is one of the first, if not the first, acts of discipleship after conversion. I'm jumping ahead of my notes, but let me say this. Water baptism is not for the unregenerate. It is not for someone that has not confessed and has not believed. It is for those who have professed a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And so again, it's one of the first acts of their discipleship. Now, what is a disciple? Well, in a nutshell, a disciple is somebody who believes Jesus' teaching. They believe the Word of God. They rest in the sacrifice 
that Jesus made. In other words, they have faith in his atoning sacrifice, the price that Jesus paid. They live in and absorb his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and they imitate his example. That is a disciple in a nutshell. And baptism is something that past generations did not really take lightly. We live in a day and age where baptism, even though it is a symbolic action, it, because of its symbolism, people kind of put it off to the side and they don't treat it as anything significant. But I want to tell you, all throughout Christian history, baptism has been something in prior generations that has been treated as very important and very, very significant. They didn't treat it anything uh, 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 in, insignificant at all. And it is also supposed to be a public act. It is symbolic. There is some ceremony to it. And you are literally saying symbolically to those witnesses that I am identifying myself as somebody who is absorbed with Jesus Christ. I am partaking in what he did. And so very much like a wedding ceremony... When you are marrying a person, you're saying, I'm marrying this person. You say, I'm going to love, I'm going to honor, I'm going to cherish, I'm going to obey for better or worse, for richer or poorer, for sickness and in health. It is a public ceremony to those witnesses that are part of the marriage ceremony about your uh, commitment to that other person. And in a very similar way, water baptism is a symbol it is a ceremony that says that as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I am identifying my life with his life. I belong to him in every area possible. You're saying that I love him, that he is my everything, that I'm striving to be like him and be what he wants me to be. So in the act of baptism... The act of going down into the water represents the dying out process. I am dying out to my old nature. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that's important in your walk? All this old nonsense that's going on now that I can accept the Lord and be saved and live like the world lives, that's not part of the dying out process. Somebody say amen. But as a disciple of Jesus Christ, the very image and the symbolism of you going down into the water, it symbolizes your dying out to your fleshly wants, your fleshly carnal desires, all of these things. My agenda, I am dying out to that. And when you go under the water, it symbolizes the death of Jesus. You are identifying in your life that my old man is now dead. Somebody say amen. And when you come up out of the water, it represents newness of life. The new life that Jesus Christ has given you. And so that's why it is something that's very important. It's very significant. That's what it means. And there's a funny story. We in the church of God, we believe in what is known as full immersion. We believe in full immersion baptism. Now, I'm not here to talk about sprinkling and, and all of these different things that different denominations do. But as a church of God movement, we believe in full immersion of water because that's how John the Baptist baptized Jesus. That's how Jesus said that we're to do it. You're to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so there's many times, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I remember several years ago at one of our youth camps, a pastor friend of mine, we, we had several of us that were in the pool because the night before we had several kids 
that had accepted Christ and they wanted to get baptized. They wanted to take that step of discipleship. And so we gave them an opportunity the next morning before we were dismissed to go home to be baptized. And it was an awesome thing. And many, many, many kids had come down to be baptized. And this one particular pastor friend of mine, he had a student that came up and we were in the pool together. And as he started to take her down into the water, she began to fight him. I don't know if, I don't know if she was kind of uh, panicky or whatever the situation was. And if you've ever been a pastor, that's happened before. Any pastors knows what I'm talking about. But this one individual, as he started to take her down, she started fighting him and struggling him. And all of a sudden I hear him say, bless the Lord, go down. And just pushed her in the water and brought her back up. And so we had a laugh about that and a good time. And thankfully she didn't panic or any of that kind of stuff. Later on, I was picking on him about, you know, trying to drown the girl and murder the girl. No, but what he was trying to do was full immersion in the sense of trying to get her to recognize that as a disciple of Christ, you're to completely die out to your old self. Listen, let me just say this. Let me draw a parallel here. As a follower of Christ, whenever you become a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are to completely die out. Don't just leave your head above the water. Well, Lord, I'll die out a little bit, but I'm not going fully under. You all know what I'm talking about. That's the symbolism. That's the parallel. No, we completely go under. We completely die out to ourselves. Somebody say amen. So it represents that the old, the old nature has passed away, and behold, we are something new, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. So unless you are serious about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, then baptism is really just a silly ceremony. In fact, the Greek word for baptism, baptismo, means dip or immerse. That's what it means. So you are saying that I am immersing myself in like manner in the work and, and of Jesus Christ. The act of being immersed in the water means that you are fully immersed in the things of Jesus Christ, into His will, into His teaching, into His example and His obedience unto the Father. As Paul said, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that now lives inside of me. I'm not living life on my terms anymore. I'm I'm not hanging on to my wants, but I'm going to live my life according to Christ's principles. And so the moment that you were saved, let me say this, the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, that was only a small part of the full work that Jesus wanted to do. Listen, at the moment of your conversion, you are saved and you are going to heaven. Somebody say amen. But the discipleship process, the sanctifying process, that is a lifelong process of dying out to yourself and putting on the life of Jesus Christ. Now, Discipleship represents the larger part of what Christ came to do. Jesus said in our verses that we read there, He said, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. That's discipleship. So immersion going under the water should develop a sense of God's presence in your life whenever He said, I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. And that's what Jesus meant in the text when He said, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Observe means basically this, to do and to obey all things. It's not just obey, not just in the stuff that you want to do. Obey not just in the stuff that's easy for you to do, but even obey when it's difficult. Come on, church. Because God will bless you in your obedience. Amen? He will bless your obedience. 
So as one pastor said this, he said, incomplete obedience is really disobedience. Right? So baptism is signifying a union with Jesus Christ. Now, Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4 really paint this picture. And I want to read this to you. And this is the Apostle Paul saying, he says, Do you not know that in all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death? Here comes the symbolism. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. You see, faith is the way in which we are unified with Christ because it's by faith that we show the faith, we say the faith, we signify the faith, we symbolize the faith with with the act of baptism. That's what baptism does. It's a symbol to everybody out there that I am identifying with the faith and the life of Jesus Christ. So faith unites us to Christ and baptism symbolizes the union. Am I making sense tonight? I'm just I'm trying to paint you a picture here real quick. So like in the wedding ceremony or, uh, ceremony earlier, the example I gave, it is love for one another and the covenant vows that unifies the couple, but the ring signifies the union. So faith and baptism signify the union with Jesus Christ. Amen. And it's at this point that we're united to him in death and burial and resurrection. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too can walk in newness of life. That's the imagery. That's the imagery that he is painting there. So that's what you confess to the world and to heaven when you're baptized. That I am identifying with faith in Christ and I am unifying my life to the kind of life that he wants me to live. So baptism means doing this immersing thing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what our text said to us tonight in Matthew chapter 28. It says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This means that not just any immersing is baptism. You need to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And by that, we are appealing to the complete Godhead. Come on. We are appealing to the complete Godhead. We're appealing to God the Father. We're appealing to God the Son. We're appealing to God the Holy Spirit to be present in the act and make it true and make it real in our lives about this work of redemption. Because I want to tell you, there is no salvation without the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? So that's who we're being baptized into. And when we call on their name, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we depend upon them and honor them and say this act is because of them and for them and by them. So, I said earlier that baptism is an expression of faith for believers only. It is not for the unbeliever, right? This is the understanding of the New Testament meaning of baptism. And it includes the fact that it's an expression of faith of one being baptized. It's not something that an unbeliever should do. I'm about to bring this thing to a close in just a minute, but Colossians chapter 2, we need to hear this. Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. This is an important passage. And it says, In him, Christ, speaking of Christ, also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ 
having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And so at the beginning, Paul is speaking in terms of circumcision made without hands. Circumcision today has meaning for the Christian, not in the physical act, but as a spiritual act of Christ in which he cuts away the old sinful flesh, the old sinful way of doing things, and makes us new. But it is synonymous with the new birth. Then he speaks of this image of baptism. So the image of spiritual circumcision is closely connected with the image of baptism. Let me just say this. That in the, it is a far better new covenant than the old covenant. All the men said amen. I think all the men understand why it's a better covenant. The cutting away of the flesh. It says that you were circumcised having been baptized. The old way of doing things, the old flesh was cut away in conversion. And you died and you rose again in baptism. So for us today, we no longer physically circumcise as a way to demonstrate our commitment to Christ. That's not the intent and purpose of it anymore. The cutting away of the fleshly desires. Instead, we baptize the way that Jesus instructed as a way of symbolizing the same thing. It's a way of symbolizing the cutting away of all the sinful flesh. That's what it means. Now notice this also, circumcision in the Old Testament was strictly for men. But it's a New Testament thing now. Baptism is a New Testament thing now commanded of everyone, men and women, to participate in and to do. So tonight in closing, I want to say this, that the meaning of baptism is woven together with the membership of God's people. Listen, do you have to be baptized in order to go to heaven? There are some denominations that teach that. I do not believe that. The church of God does not believe that. Why? Because it is a symbolic act, but it is an important act that Jesus commanded. Why? Because in baptism, you are identifying yourself with Jesus Christ. So we can all see why that's important tonight. And the church said, Amen. You see, the local church, it's an expression of that people. And baptism is connected to membership in the local church. So in the New Testament, being a Christian, being baptized belonging to the new covenant people of God and being a member of the, new, of the local church, they are closely connected to each other. You know, centuries ago, hundreds of years ago, and, and millennia ago, you, you, baptism was something so important. I mean, I hear about the days and times whenever people were saved and immediately they would go get baptized. They, I mean, immediately because they wanted to take that first step in identifying with what Jesus commanded them to do. It was an important witness unto everybody. And tonight, we are so honored that we have several people that have said, you know what, I've accepted Jesus Christ. And they're saying, you know what, I want to make that public commitment, that public testimony, that they identify with Jesus Christ. And they are taking that step in their walk with the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Amen and amen. So right now, I'm going to ask Pastor John and his team to come. And let me just say, I am honored tonight that um, I'm going to get to baptize my two kids. They have accepted the Lord, and I am so excited about that, and they want to take that first step. So while they come and while they uh, start to play, give us just a few moments because that will give us time to get some things together and get changed or to close. But uh, just worship with them for a few moments as they sing along here in just a few moments. <laughs> 